Hello, welcome to 21st Century Moses podcast. My name is Sammy Zhu, your host. I want to talk about the subject that nobody wants to talk about, which is death. Is there anybody who wants to die? Probably not. The question is, how do you want to die? Now, death is inevitable. Even there's a classes in college saying death and dying. And then they say death is a natural thing. It's not a strange thing. So you just need to accept it. But we as Christians believe that there is, there is eternal life afterwards, after the death. There's a second death, which is the eternal punishment, hell. So for those who do not believe in Christ Jesus will suffer forever in hell. For those who believe in Christ Jesus will uh, be glorified and they will enjoy forever being with Christ Jesus in heaven. So that is a really huge deal. But let's just face about the death, the physical death, the first death itself. If you die, let's say if you die tomorrow, uh, how do you want to die? Everyone wants to die peacefully. Um, maybe they want to be surrounded by loved ones and they want to die peacefully like sleeping. But we have to acknowledge that that's not the case for everyone. Some may face tragic death painful death or some may die peacefully as they uh, longed for now the question is how should we accept how should we face death as Christians so that's something that I want us to study from today's passage as we go through this book of Revelation series to prepare for the future which is reality how should we face death so I want us to look at Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Let's read the passage together. When the Lamb prove, uh, broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you ret- refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed even as they had been would be completed also. Now, there are two points I want to make from this passage. The first one is, why did they die? Why did this um, the martyrs die? The second one is, how long is this martyrdom going to be? So let's go back to today's passage. The first one, the question is, uh, why did this martyrs die? Let's look at verse 9. When the Lamb who is Lamb Jesus Christ, broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain. Now there, here comes the reason. Because of the word of God, because of the gospel of Christ Jesus, and because of the testimony which they had maintained. Amen. Now let's look at let's uh, think about the context here. So we see the seven seals. Now six seal six seals in this passage, the uh, chapter six. Now the prior the previous chapter, chapter five, we learned that um, there was nobody who could take the book out of the hands of God and open it. But there was one but Christ Jesus, that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who was slain, who was slaughtered for our sins, He is the only one who was worthy to take the book and open the seal. Now, in today's chapter, we see what is the content of the seal. The seal, the seven seals are about the judgment of God. Now, the first seal was about the Antichrist. Antichrist is coming 
with a white horse, so it looks like a really good, but he is a deceiver. And then the second seal is about war, and third seal is about famine. And fourth seal is about the death of a lot of people. One fourth of the whole population will be killed. And the fifth seal is today's content, the subject, which is the martyrs, martyrs' death. And then the sixth seal is about the natural disaster, great earthquake and all kinds of things. And even the powerful people like the kings and um, the rich people would be afraid of that and they were trying to hide themselves from the wrath of God. So that is a very um, scary scenes going on in this passage. We see the tribulation here in this passage. Now, let's go back to today's passage uh, and see how this martyrs, we already, we already touched on that these martyrs died because of the word of God, because of the, uh, the gospel of Christ Jesus. Now, these martyrs, most commentators said these martyrs were killed for their faith during the tribulation. So that means even during the tribulation, some people were believing in Jesus Christ, and then some people were actively sharing their testimony, actively sharing the gospel of Christ Jesus. And also notice this passage in verse 9. It says, testimony which they had maintained. So they have not changed the message. They had not added or deleted the message. They maintained. So maintenance or endurance is a very, very significant word the verb that we have to look into because in the last days last times uh, doesn't mean that uh, the gospel must be progressed or gospel must be tweaked a little bit uh, for the modern or newer generation that is not the case the gospel is the same even during the tribulation those people who are holding on to the old gospel old same gospel old faith in Christ Jesus Christ they are the martyrs they died for the sake of Christ Jesus they sacrificed their life for Christ Jesus. So we see, even during the tribulation, they died here. Now, the question is, wh- how long is this martyrdom going to last? Because uh, some might say, oh, that's, uh, that's very tragic. You know, these people died for uh, Jesus Christ. So is it going to be just one day? Is it going to be just a few weeks? Well, we can see in this passage, in the uh, verse Verse 10, uh, these martyrs were crying out to the Lord and say, They cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, how long, O Lord, holy and true? We see the attribute of God, that God is holy and God is true. So this martyrdom is not by cruel God, but it is by holy and righteous, truthful God. Will you... Refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth. So, this those who dwell on the earth, they are the ones who killed these martyrs. And then these martyrs are leaving the revenge uh, to the Lord because avenge, revenge belongs to the Lord. So, God is the one who will pay back. But the question is, how long would this martyrdom going to last? Is it going to be forever? Is it going to be just a few weeks? And then God is answering in the verse 11 says, And there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest for a little longer. So God is giving them the rest, and we're going to come back to this white robe in a few minutes. And then until, until, look at this, so there's a time, until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, okay, until the number is fulfilled, until it would be completed, 
also. So what does this really mean? That means there is a quota. There is more uh, number of people should die for Christ Jesus. In other words, this is not a random event, but this is already planned. It sounds like God has certain number of people needs to be killed for the sake of Christ Jesus for the certain amount of time. So nothing happens without God's permission. God is sovereign and God is in control. And God knows how many people will die. At this moment in this chapter, not everyone in that number died yet. So that number must be fulfilled. That number must be completed. But if you just stop right here, it sounds like God wanted uh, this certain number of people to die. Why would God why would loving God allow His people to suffer? Can He just wipe out all the evil people? And can He just uh, save all His children without being harmed, without being murdered, without being killed for sake for the sake of Christ Jesus? Can they? Can can He just save all of them, protect them from all the martyrdom? Because nobody wants to die, right? I mean, death is a is a definitely bad thing. So, what do you think? Why would God allow that? You know what, if you look at the Bible very carefully, death is not always the bad thing. That is really how the world views, but death in Christ Jesus is actually actually a blessing. Matthew 16, 25, uh, Jesus says, If you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose it for the sake of Christ Jesus, for the sake of the gospel, for the kingdom of God, you will have it. You will gain the eternal life. So that's the death and life irony. Most people want to live longer. But if you just, if you're obsessed with your life, your physical life only, you'll only, you'll end up losing it. But if you use, if you sacrifice your life for the kingdom of God, the, uh, uh, paradox is you are actually going to get it. So that is really amazing, amazing message. Then we also need to know that death in Christ Jesus is a blessing. Revelation 14, 13, death in Christ. Those who died in Christ Jesus are blessed. So the Jesus is saying that even the death is a blessing. It's not a curse where a lot of people think it's a curse, but it's a blessing. Now, also, you know, Apostle Paul lived a great example of how he treated, how he valued, how he saw the death. Because in Acts chapter 20, verse 22, um, he knew that something bad may happen when he was on the way to Jerusalem. Because a lot of prophets were saying that you're going to have a tribulation, you're going to have a difficulties, and you might die there. So, a lot of people trying to protect um, Peter, I mean Paul, and protect him from going to Jerusalem. But in chapter, in verse 24, in the same chapter, Acts chapter 20, Apostle Paul said, you know, I do not consider my life worthy to fulfill the great commission, the task that God has given to me. Okay, Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, Apostle Paul also confessed that whether death or life, I want my Christ Jesus would be exalted in my body. And the following verse, verse 21, in Christ, even death is gain. To live is Christ, to die is gain. 
So death is not just a blessing, but death is even a gain. So, wow, that is amazing, amazing perspective because most people would say death is a curse and death is a loss. But to Christians, not just for Paul, but for Christians, death is a gain. A lot of saints, brothers and sisters, and a long time ago, they when they were uh, when they were persecuted, when they were suffering, and then when they were waiting for uh, the uh, martyrs, martyrs' death, they were even saying that we are so unworthy. But we are so thankful. We are grateful for God to consider us worthy of death for Christ Jesus. They think, they thought, even death for Christ Jesus was not a curse, but it was a worth. It's what an honor. They were so happy. They were so grateful. They were so thankful for death for Christ Jesus. So we can see that a totally different perspective now. As, as we saw in this, this passage, that God was waiting for this quota to be fulfilled, completed, that this number of martyrs must be filled. You know, we might think that, wow, that is really cruel, but it is not. It's actually these martyrs were blessed in the Lord because we see into this passage in verse 10, um, and then verse 10 it says, how long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then verse 11, there was given to each of them a white robe. Okay? Not just a rest, but white robe. What, is, what, is, what does white robe uh, represent? It means it represents the purity, the holiness, the garment of righteousness. God is perfectly holy. God is perfectly pure. God shares His purity with His people. What a great honor and privilege that is. So we must think differently uh, from what other people say, what, how other people think. Death in Christ, for Christ, is not a loss. It is a great gain. So these martyrs were not wasted. These martyrs were not unfortunate people, but they were blessed people. And God is filling up this blessed people more and more. Now think about the war between Hamas and Israel. And uh, we see when, that, when the war happened, a lot of young people from all around the world went back to Israel to join the army to fight against uh, the enemy. The number one reason, very simple, it is because to protect their country. It's a noble cause. It's a great cause. And they were willing to sacrifice their lives for the sake of the safety of Israeli, for the sake of protecting their own country. Now, we all know that we need to pray for the peace in Israel. And that is, this is indicated in Scripture. We will also know the physical Israel is not forever. It is temporary country. How much more honorable to die for the kingdom of God, which is forever. The kingdom of God is the true kingdom. And it is not going to be uh, destroyed. It is not going to be per it's not going to perish, but it is going to be eternal. So that dying for Christ Jesus, dying for the sake of the gospel of Christ Jesus, is far more worthy than any sacrificial death in the world, even though the world may uh, praise it, but we need to know the quality and the depth of death in and for Christ Jesus, even far greater. It cannot be compared to anything, anything, any other uh, sacrificial death. So we have to rethink and see how honorable this is.
Now, so the question is, how should we live with this truth? We must be sacrificial. And we must live a martyr's life. Now, not everyone is going to die physically for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even John, uh, the, one of the 12 disciples, the other disciples died the death of martyrs. However, John died at the old age in an island, uh, isolated. So he did not have the physical death for Jesus. But he lived a martyr's life. Likewise, the calling is this, that you and I, as Christians, we must live a martyr's life. Now, um, Matthew chapter 7 says the, uh, the many people, most people look for the white gate, wide gate, but very few find the narrow gate because it's difficult. It's narrow. Not many people find it. But that is the Christian way, Christian life. Christian life from the beginning is a martyr's life. Now, Romans chapter 6, verse 4, that signifies the symbol of baptism. When you are baptized, you are deciding to die with Jesus Christ. Then it is to show everyone that you rose with Christ Jesus. But it starts with death with Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, the discipleship, what does the discipleship mean? It doesn't mean to participate in uh, seven weeks Bible study. That is not what discipleship really means. Discipleship means you deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow Jesus. It is calling of death to yourself, death for Christ, death with Christ, death for Christ Jesus. So it is a very solemn calling. But the problem is, not many people get it. A lot of Christians in the United States, they think that Christianity is one of the most comfortable religion. Because you don't really have to sacrifice a lot. I mean, just the one hour per week, that's all. But when you go to church, uh, attend the worship service, uh, you add Jesus into your souvenir, and then you wanted to use Jesus for your blessing. You pray um, so that God would bless you with financially so that you can have a more comfortable life. You can have a bigger house, you can have a nicer car, and then you can have a better job, and then your life will be easier and better each day so that you can tell everyone that God has blessed me this way. You know, look at how luxurious life I have achieved, and then how enjoyable life I live. Just look at me. This is what Christianity is about. You know, it's about easy. It's about rosy. It's about abundant, physically abundant life so that you must join. You know, it's no wonder that a lot of people would love to sign up for that kind of religion. But that is not Christianity at all. Christianity is a calling to live like a martyr, even to die like a martyr. You know, as, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it may not be everyone dying for Jesus physically, but calling for modest life for everyone. Even if it takes your physical life, you must dedicate, surrender your life for Christ Jesus. Now, Matthew 24, 14, we see the end times sign that, which is everyone hearing the gospel of Christ Jesus. But not everyone heard the gospel of Jesus yet. Now, there are, every five minutes, there's one person dying for Christ Jesus, physically. Even now, we're not even in the tribulation period, but still, we have lots of people dying for Christ Jesus. 
So we might think, wow, that is so scary. But, you know, again, death for Christ Jesus is not a curse, it's a blessing. But what breaks my heart, what, what should break your heart is this. Every minute, 105 people dying without Christ Jesus. That must break your heart. You know, one-time death, physical death, even if it may be painful, but it's a temporary. It's temporary. But there's a glory awaiting for that person. But this people, 105 people who are dying without Jesus every minute, they die the same death. But after that, you know, they're going to suffer forever through the second death. How horrible that is. So you and I, we need to make a decision, not just to sit around and enjoy our life through the luxuries in our life, but we have to pray really hard and we need to dedicate ourselves to live a sacrificial life, to share, to spread the gospel of Christ Jesus so that more people would hear the gospel of Christ Jesus, so that everyone would hear the gospel of Christ Jesus. It takes sacrifice. It takes time, it takes our money, it takes our effort, and it can take even our life. But the question is, are you ready? Are you dedicated? Are you committed to, to take the risk of your life for the glory of God for, God, for the kingdom of God? These Israeli young people, they took the risk to save their country. How much more should we do that for the kingdom of God? So modest life is not an optional life. It is the it is demanded. Even though we might not face it physically, but we must live it every day for kingdom, for His name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for teaching us about the modest life. Father, we know, we confess that it is not easy. It is scary sometimes. But Father, we want to know how much sacrifice you have done for us, that you sent your Son, that Jesus Christ sacrificed everything. He, he shed his own blood and he gave his body to save us. Father, please teach us, remind us of his wonderful, the perfect sacrifice for us so that we can live a life of martyr each day to sacrifice everything that we have, everything that we are for your kingdom, for your glory. We thank and praise you in Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.